Hello, Maroon listeners. This is Jake Zucker here with a special report on the Big Brains podcast, which is one part of the University of Chicago podcast network. Big Brains just celebrated its 100th episode, and I'm here with Big Brains host, Paul Rand. I could introduce what you do, but I think it would be better to hear from you yourself. What is Big Brains? Well, first off, you've got a voice made for radio. That's really good. You're right. You've, you have you. a very good voice. I do appreciate voice. it. <laughs> so, as you mentioned, we just put up our 100th episode of Big Brains. And we created the podcast a few years ago, which has now really become recognized and awarded as the best podcast in higher education. Wow. It's also won uh, Adweek's Best Branded Podcast of the Year. So part of the thing to me that is the most thrilling about that is that we have the ability for people all over the world to listen and gain insights from you Chicago professors, you Chicago researchers. We've started also bringing in folks, maybe a quarter of our folks that we'll bring into interview have done great research from other institutions, but the predominance is folks that are here. It's really compelling when people will write and say, I decided to come here because I heard this professor, or I decided I wanted this field because I heard this professor. It's a great way to let faculty share their work in a hopefully really engaging and compelling way. So how did the idea for Big Brains come about? I had been here maybe for about a year. I'm going on a little over five years that I've been here. And every day I would come home from work and I would tell my wife of somebody fascinating that I had met during the day. And I often ended up saying not only were they so interesting, but they were just really lovely people. And they were in great conversations. And especially if I met them somewhere where it was easy to talk, it was like having a great dinner conversation. And so we just brainstormed it out and said, we got to figure out how to turn that into a podcast and find a way to make it that it's not as if it's a formal, stiff interview, but such a way that they get a chance to explain their work in a way that they're going to be really interested in talking about it. And my hope is that faculty now know that we're there to help make their work as engaging and compelling and as interesting as it can be so that people will understand it and hopefully do something with that work in a way that they actually intended. Yeah, University of Chicago has great like, intellectual resources, these great big brains. And us students have the possibility of taking lectures from these yes. people. But for the general public to have the access to these sorts of micro lectures that really condense what these people are learning about and researching in such an interactive format. I, right. I think it's a lot for, for the public. It's, it's a cool resource. Well, thank you. It's, uh, it, it, and most of the time, this is something that most of these folks have spent their life's work doing. Yes. So they are passionate about it. They know it backwards and forwards. And since most of them actually are professors, I'm never hesitant to say, I didn't understand that. Can you try explaining it a different way? And they will try two, three, four different doors until they say the light bulbs go off to my eyes. And I kind of figure if I'm getting it and I ask enough questions, then hopefully our listeners will get it. You'll also know some, sometimes we script out our episodes a bit more. If we think that it could even use more explanation, then we'll put a little bit more scripting into it to help make it happen. How do you think that the podcast fits into the university's larger mission? A big part of... What we are trying to do, of course, is figure out the best way of making the biggest impact in the world. And sharing is one of the major pillars of the university is shaping and defining fields. So I really look at big brains as giving people a chance to talk about their work that inevitably is shaping and defining fields. 
whether it's research on empathy, whether it's research on best practices, making habits, whether it's insights into conspiracy theories, whether it's insights in getting a vaccine for cancer, each one of these things has really detailed studies and work behind it. The more we give our faculty the chance to explain their work, not only does it engage people with it, but oftentimes we'll hear that they shared that podcast as part of even going after additional funding because it helps express things in such a compelling way. Wow. I know that it can be easy for people who are removed from academia to feel that professors are up in this ivory tower doing research that doesn't necessarily have much of a real world impact. Do you feel like going on the podcast and explaining these things makes it more tangible for listeners, makes them understand what is being researched, what's being learned, um, and just the yeah, development in these fields? It's a great question. And the answer is yes. And I think part of it is that we try to challenge them before they come on to find a way to explain the relevance and the impact to listeners about their work. And so there's other examples where it is, you know, people talking about creating new crops that actually need 50% water and grow 90% faster. Each one of these in some way or another has a compelling potential impact on somebody's lives. Even if we're talking about black holes or some other things where you may not think it impacts your life, when you start realizing, you know, actually they're trying to find different forms of life out there. And there's different studies that are going into this. Those all take on a whole new form of relevance that, you know, people can find a way to make it relate to their life if they want to. Definitely. What's the coolest thing that you've learned as a part of making this podcast? You know, it's like asking which child do you like the best, right? So so I love all of my children. And I will finish an episode, then I'll listen to it, and I'll say, that was the best one yet. And the next one comes, and I'll hear it again, and I'll say, man, that was the best one yet. So I don't know that I really have a favorite. If there is somebody, and they not only can communicate their work really well, but they have a twinkle in their eye and they get excited talking about what they're doing, I find I inevitably get excited right along with them because they're helping you discover something. And somebody that can help you discover something, whatever it is, you know, it could be somebody talking about the latest trends uh, in American burials and death practices, which I would never have thought I would have an interest in. And lo and behold, I'm asking detailed questions about the idea that embalming never got going in this country until the Civil War. Because <laughs> families in the North that had their their sons, in this case, killed in the South, wanted their bodies brought back up. So they had to figure out how to do it. That's how embalming started in this country. So there's a story behind everything. And the best people find ways of telling stories that make you just keep listening and engaging more and more. And and podcasting is an awesome platform to allow that to happen. Yeah, so how do you feel about the future of podcasts as a medium? I love the idea of listening to podcasts. I find it actually challenging to figure out because there are so many new podcasts. And so finding ones that are new and compelling, I think is, is, is tough, but it's really important. We find that with big brains, almost 100,000 people a month in some form or another, whether through the podcast or through our YouTube of the podcast or through narrative uh, on, on the news page, but 100,000 people a month or so are engaging with you Chicago podcast. Uh, not just all of them, but that's just big brains. So we're eager to make sure that we help people learn about things that are going on here, but also 
finding ways to, in, in the period that we're in where there's so much misinformation, there's questions about what's factual, having people tune in to really getting factual insights and information in a very compelling, clear-eyed way is a real, I think, real benefit. Definitely. So you did mention that there are other podcasts that UChicago yes. makes. Um, was Big Brains the first one? I think Capitalism came before Big Brains. And that's also an absolutely wonderful podcast, which is out of the Booth Business School. And then there's not just another politics podcast, which is out of the Harris School. And I think all of these folks, again, we, we produce them all centrally. And it's a way, again, of just helping our faculty get their research out into the world in a way that they might not have a chance to do otherwise. How has it been to, as someone who's working with these podcasts, um, interact with the administration, professors? What kind of support have you received? I lead communications for the university. Yes. So we have a lot of folks that do communications here. And I think across the board, administratively, there's a recognition that this is a really wonderful way to share the imminence of the university with a lot of different audiences. I find that at least once, twice, three times a week, some faculty member here or elsewhere will write me and say, I'd love to get my work featured on the podcast. And I think that's just fantastic because it means that they they have something they think is compelling to share and they know that it will be well taken care of when they do it here. We're striving really hard to make sure we find a, a really compelling and engaging way to get their work out there. That's just great. I, I do love that some of the communications resources are going not towards just the boosterism of the university, but instead propelling out the information that yes. the university has towards the public. I love when there's that sort of relationship between the university and the community, whether it's the community of Hyde Park or the community of all right. people who big brains reaches. Well, I, I, it's funny because I, I don't know, know if I really look at much that we do here that I would fall into the category of boosterism. I think there are a lot of places that do that. I do think when you come to a place as rich in intellectual rigor as the University of Chicago, finding ways to do what you just said, which is allow faculty and researchers to share their work is the best communications or marketing you could get out of this university as possible without ever treating it like marketing. It's the idea of letting it speak for itself. And then people get a really good sense of the institution. You know, there's certain people that are types of people that are attracted to come here. Um, and those are people that really enjoy digging into something. They want to learn. They want to become engaged. And this show is made for those people that, that want to not get a passing interest of something, but to really dig into it with probably some of the brightest minds in the field. I know that I, when I was um, looking at schools to apply to, the whole life of the mind yep. ethos is something that very much attracted me here. So what's one thing that you believe that undergraduates like myself should do to take advantage of all of the big brains that are here at UChicago? Uh, well, first off, listen to the podcast with regularity. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and I'd argue um, not only listen to the big brains podcast, but check out some of the other podcasts that are available. There are countless lectures and events that amazingly are open to students if they want to go hear them and see them. Even this morning, when um, and, and here we are recording on the 10th of October, um, yes. you know, we just had a ceremony for, the, uh, for Douglas Diamond, who just got a Nobel Prize in economics this morning. And so that ability to even watch that event live, see him gaining that information, sharing what his research was about, 
you could have been in the room or you could have watched it on Zoom or you could have, you'll pick up on news afterwards. I really think that the time, particularly to be an undergraduate, to be around so many people that are so like-minded, so open to listening to new ideas, and doing it at a place like Chicago, where what is encouraged is actually opening your mind, listening to different opinions, not challenging people not to talk, but finding ways to challenge ourselves to listen, even if we disagree. That's a great, to me, environment to live in. You don't get that in the same way when you're not uh, not in school. I, I agree with you that this student body just has such a propensity for dialogue. There's so much discourse, so many people talking about things at a really high level. The general knowledge that is ha- had so many students have always amazes me. Um, back home, my friends would make fun of me for knowing random things that I learned on Wikipedia, but here... Everyone else has spent more time on Wikipedia than I have. It's, it's kind of remarkable sometimes. Yeah, it's amazing. So have you ever interviewed a student as a part of this podcast? We, we did actually, maybe three years ago, we brought some of the class day speakers in. And we had them talk a little bit about what they were presenting themselves on for class day. And that was very interesting. The thrust of the podcast, though, really is about research. If a student actually came here and did brilliant research and it got published, I would feature them in a second. We brought in students just because that was even more of their personal stories, which I thought was interesting. But the thrust of this ep- of what we try to do is really take what we talk about as pioneering research and breakthroughs. Yeah. Amazingly, and you probably know this, the number of undergraduates that actually get to work in labs is extraordinarily high. So I don't put it beyond the realm that at least uh, we, we have and will continue to have students that are involved in some pretty interesting research. Do you have any questions for me about the Chicago Maroon or yes. our podcast well, tell, Sure. I think I actually I'm, I'm, I'm keen to hear where you're taking your podcast efforts. Well, there's a question. I, I guess we can have some spoilers for the audience. Historically, our flagship has been the Maroon Weekly. So uh-huh. every week a group of us gather and we look at articles from the Maroon, the Hyde Park Herald, the Southside Weekly, mostly the Maroon, but also we look to other sources and we give a general news update, a little condensed, maybe 15, 20 minute thing on what's been going on in Hyde Park, what's been going on hmm. within the university. And that's for students and faculty, the community to consume. Um, but we do have aspirations towards doing other projects. I just got an email back from the director of the cognitive science major. I'm interested in doing a series where we go through the different majors at the university and break down the experience of the major um, from an upperclassman's perspective wow. and from perhaps the, the department head's perspective. I love that idea. Uh, I would think that would be a really cool repository of information for yes. students in the long term as, as they decide what they want to major in. That's certainly a question that I have. I'm a statistics major, but I do think I want to add something else, and I'm not sure what that is. And what, what are your have, options? Cognitive science is one of them, okay. frankly. Computer science, economics. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. It could totally be something outside of those three. For a while, I was interested in law letters. I think that something like that would be a great resource for the community. And we have other ideas too. We're doing another special report on the Pearson Institute's Global Forum, which yep. is happening this Friday. We'll be inter- interviewing a professor who's going to be speaking there. We're going to be doing a project where a couple podcasters who just joined the section will be interviewing professors and grad students to learn about how they got into their field, mm. the obstacles they've overcome, the sorts of research that they're doing. Um, I think it'll be more focused on their personal stories as compared to something like Big Brains. But we do have big plans. I, I hope to help see them come to fruition. That's excellent. That's excellent. 
And the, we've had a lot of support from the larger Chicago Maroon infrastructure, which is, as I'm sure you know, significant. The newspaper just celebrated its 130th birthday about Remarkable. a week ago. Yep. Our editor-in-chief and our managing editor have been the best in supporting the podcast section as it grows. Good. And we're looking forward to more collaboration between sections of the paper. The podcast section has historically been a little bit divorced from the larger mm. operations. We're not in the office as much. There's no need to be. But we're looking forward to more dialogue. And Excellent. Cross-collaboration. Well, I can tell you that we're, we're um, when are you putting this episode out? Soon. Soon. Well, I can maybe leak it here, but we're starting a new series that actually breaks this Thursday. It's called The Day Tomorrow Began. And have you heard about this one yet? I have heard about this How one. have you heard about this already? I believe it was featured on Big Brains. Oh, we, we talked that we were going to do it. That's right. So it comes, the first episode is this Thursday. It's a different way of presenting information. But, you know, one of the pillars, as I mentioned, for the university is shaping and defining fields. So the day tomorrow began is really about when something or different things happened that changed the trajectory of a field. The first episode is actually about really the discovery of black holes. And it was actually done by a professor here when he was 19 years old, and he was a student. And then he came here and finished off his many years of his career here at the University of Chicago. And so you'll hear all about that story. You'll hear from some of the leading minds in, in, uh, uh, that focus on black holes. You'll hear from a recent Nobel winner talking about the work at the University of Chicago around black holes. And as importantly, not only how did it get discovered by work that was done by people here, but what's happening in the field today. We're also do ones, other ones coming up on ancient civilizations, economics, sleep, social work, all things that had their roots starting here at the University of Chicago. Yeah, I know we have a reputation for the Chicago School of Economics, uh -huh. and but there's so many different academic movements that have been birthed here. Yes. So many different fields. Um, and it's great that you're shining a spotlight on that. Well, maybe this is, again, maybe maybe you could fall it into the category of boosterism, but but maybe uh, <laughs> not, not in the traditional sense, but I think of a, if one of the things that comes out of it is people learning some of these things and appreciating it and they feel more inclined to advocate for the university that then that's a whole new form of boosterism rather than just based on emotion and i think it is very much informative in terms of the history of how these things developed which is fascinating um, to see how these fields grow out of someone's paper someone's discovery so when you took on the role of vice president of communications, right. which I believe is your role here, did you see podcasts as a part of that formula? I came in assuming that I was going to think about podcasts. Really? And I really looked at it as kind of what we talked about earlier. When you think about communications for an institution, some people may think of it as, like you mentioned earlier, boosterism or just pumping stuff out there. And I really thought of it is that this, we have the ability to tell stories about the university and what are going to be some of the best ways that we can get people to learn about the institution through the stories that make it up. And like we talked about, there's not many mediums that work as well as podcasts to help people get a story. But, you know, we also have an extraordinarily active YouTube channel. We have all of the normal social channels. The amount of people that are engaging with content about the university the amount of media coverage that's about the university is up over probably 300% over the last few years. Wow. So little by little, I think there's just a growing recognition. There's always been a sense that there's some really smart things that go on here. People just kind of assumed, but they didn't know. And now we want to actually help them know and hear the stories behind it. And 
that I think if you're a student here, a graduate of here, that's something that's exciting because all it does is help people get a better understanding of some of what students may be experiencing. Yeah, and giving that better understanding to as many people as possible, as we've mentioned, is, is a great mission. Yes. Thank you for your time, You're Paul. very welcome. I, I know that I've learned a lot today, and I hope our listeners have too. We'll be back soon with another special report. All right. Until Wonderful next time. Wonderful to talk to you. Wonderful to talk to you too.